I think it's just that perception that we all have to be that shape, right? I think that's the, the most harmful thing. And it's the same for men as it is women. That there is like an ideal shape that we all should aspire toward. And that, that no matter who you are and where you are now, that, that that is possible for you. I think that's the most damaging message. It's not about being your healthiest and best self. It's no, you need to aspire to that body shape. And if you're not healthy or you're not good enough or you're not trying hard enough or you just need to do it for longer to get there. Hey guys, welcome to the Unshakable Habits podcast. I am your host, Stephen Box. And you guys just heard from my guest today, Mr. Johnny Landles, who is a health coach just like myself. and. We had this great conversation about a topic that is not discussed enough, and that is men's body image and body positivity for men. It's a topic that usually when you hear about it, it's around women, and I think that's great for the ladies. I, I love that the, the ladies are getting that positivity. But for men, this is something we don't talk about enough, and we don't talk about the way that this has an impact on us as men enough. Now, I just want to really quickly, before we jump into that, tell you guys a quick update here. You may have noticed that if you actually subscribe to the podcast or you follow the podcast on your favorite uh, podcast platforms, that we haven't published an episode in about a month. And just a little break to recalibrate some things. We're going to be shifting in the next week or two to a different format. For the podcast, some shorter episodes a little bit more frequently. So just been really getting the content together for that before we start putting it out there. But just a heads up to be on the lookout for that change coming up. Also, one thing that I'm changing that's kind of a big thing is I'm not going to focus just on men. Now, today's episode is all about men. There's still going to be a lot of content out there that is focused very much so on men. And I'm still going to have a coaching program specifically for men. So I'm not abandoning men, but somebody pointed out to me, and I think it was a really good point of if we help women also develop good habits, that just creates stronger support systems for men. And I know that in my life where I've been able to be successful is because I have a wonderful wife who supports me in so many ways. So I wanted to really make the podcast more accessible for everyone so that everyone can get the benefit of it. And there will be times where we'll have episodes like we're going to have today that will be more focused just on men. So just throwing that out there for you. But this topic of today, going back to that, is something that, like I said, I'm very passionate about because I noticed that when you start looking at this idea of body positivity for men, it's almost like it's this negative reaction a lot of times. I'm told by people when I talk about this, oh, you're just encouraging people to be overweight. You're encouraging people to be unhealthy. And at no point do I ever say to someone, you should just stay overweight. At no point do I tell anyone they should be unhealthy. I encourage people to eat healthy foods 80, 90% of the time. I encourage people to work out as consistently as they possibly can. I even give people a lot of tips on different ways to work out to get the best results. What I don't tell people is that you need to have six-pack abs to be healthy. What I don't tell people is that if you don't have 
big, huge muscular arms or boulder shoulders or whatever, then you're not healthy. I don't tell people that because I don't believe that to be true. When I was losing my weight, when I lost my 80 pounds, there was a point where I was still a good probably 30, 40 pounds overweight. I'm like halfway through my weight loss process at this point. And let me tell you guys, I was in better shape than some dudes who were like really skinny at the gym. Like I would like literally work circles around them dudes. So you don't have to be a certain weight, right? There is no such thing as a certain weight or anything that defines healthy. And I, I think that's really the, the main thing I want to stress to people here is, yes, we want to encourage you to be healthy, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a certain size or a certain look. Every, everybody needs to figure out what works for them in that regard. So I just want to throw that out there real quick and also just share a quick story with you guys about why this is so important and so personal to me. Even though I recorded this interview a couple months back and we're just now getting a chance to publish it, this past week, I was featured in an article for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution about New Year's resolutions. And the reporter said, hey, do you mind if I send a photographer out to your house to get pictures of you working out? Now, be honest with you guys. I have not really gained in any weight, but my workouts haven't been quite as intense. There's a lot of Christmas cookies and treats and football get-togethers and all that kind of stuff went on over the last few months. And so I'm not photo ready, okay? Uh, let's just put it like that. And I was getting in my own head. I was having doubts. And I was like, oh, what are people going to think? Or how are people going to see this? What if they feel like, oh, you like he doesn't look like a trainer? And that gave them second thoughts about working with me and all this other stuff. They started running through my head and all these self-doubts that started going through. And the picture actually came out great. And I was like, what, what was I even tripping about? Like, why am I even worried? About? I, just, like, I know my stuff, all the credentials and everything I have. Why am I even worried that people aren't going to work with me? If somebody doesn't want to work with me because I don't have six-pack abs, then they're just never going to work with me because I don't care about having six-pack abs. That's not my thing. I can help you get them, but it's not my thing. It really made me feel very passionate about having this conversation talking about this today. And that's really where this conversation is going to go. And Johnny has a great story where he was someone who was super fit, but he didn't see himself that way. He still saw himself as someone who needed to be better. He saw himself as someone who was not in good shape, even though he was super fit. And that really havoc for him created some major issues for him. So we're going to talk a lot about that kind of stuff today. And if you guys want to give me your thoughts on this topic, feel free to come chat with me on social media. You can find me most places at Unshakable Habits or on X. I don't really get on there too much, but you can connect with me on there at iCoachHabits. So I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on this. But with that, please allow me to introduce you today to my guest, Mr. Johnny Landles. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's, it's great to be here and great to, to have this conversation with you. Yeah, so I, you post a lot on social media about this whole idea that us as men have been taught that we've got to look a certain way, that we need a certain body type, that we got to eat a certain way and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think one of the things that originally you posted that stood out to me was this idea that language plays a trick on women are a lot of times told like 
they have to diet and there's this whole diet culture thing. Whereas men think maybe they're a little bit more immune to it. For some reason, things like intermittent fasting or keto or whatever feel more manly. And so, oh, I'm not dieting, you know, or, or we go through bulking and cutting seasons, right? It's like what you were posting about. You're like, guys, that's, that's still dieting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, we, we just called it a different word. So, so talk to me about, like, first of all, where did this whole thing come from for you? Like, where all of a sudden you became very passionate about speaking out against this whole mindset and, and this whole movement? Mm. Yeah, I think for me, it was something that I had always touched on a bit, but I became much more passionate about it through becoming very aware of my own cyclical weight. Okay, like I, I was someone who grew up as a bit of a bit of a chubby kid and a bit of a, a, a bigger teenager in comparison to my peers, and so being made fun of for my size and my weight was something that was just happened as I was growing up. So I, I definitely internalized this identity of being someone who was as fat and that that was a bad thing and was only my fault and my mission to solve. And even though I've been completely ripped and shredded in the past I look back at those days now and in the moment of those times I wasn't aware of the shape that I was in right I was always trying to lose weight I was trying to focus on a certain weight on the scale or I would be very critical about my body and I would always look at myself in pictures and say I'm not lean enough right like I still have this to fix or this to fix or, or what have you and no matter what approach I was on, whether that was tracking my calories, whether that was tracking all my macros, whether that was intermittent fasting, whether that was low carb, it would be quite cyclical for me to lose weight, get get quite lean, still focus on being quite lean and never really hit my goal, my quote unquote goal as it were. And something in my life would happen where I would just be knocked off track, right? I would either break the diet or I would just say I can't be bothered to track anymore. I would start having these uncontrollable eating episodes and just oscillate between this discipline versus this chaotic eating. And it wasn't for a number of years and a number of years into my coaching business actually that I became very aware that this was disordered eating, right? This was a, a cycle of, of very obsessive eating, very restrictive eating. And it was all due to the way that I perceived my body and what I saw in the mirror looking back at me. And so that's when I became much more passionate about looking into the topic of body image as it relates to body dysmorphia, right? That obsessive nature about your body and how that also relates to nutrition and training. And that led me to to delve deeper into the messages we're, we're provided as men growing up and everything that we see now of the fit muscular male as the ideal we should be aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. So what what exactly do you see as some of those messages? What what are the couple of the messages that you see out there that are really harmful to men? I think it's just that perception that we all have to be that shape, right? I think that's the the most harmful thing, and it's the same for men as it is women. That there is like an ideal shape that we all should aspire toward, and that that no matter who you are and where you are now, that 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 is possible for you. I think that's the most damaging message. It's not about being your healthiest and best self. It's no, you need to aspire to that body shape. And if you're not healthy or you're not good enough or you're not trying hard enough or you just need to do it for longer to get there. 
and it's no matter what it takes and it completely obliterates people's own genetics lifestyle circumstances and privileges to find their best self it's no it needs to look like this yeah and i think for me personally one of the things that i've picked up on is when we find ourselves trying to go to an ideal body type what ends up happening is we take on very unhealthy behaviors in order to achieve that goal because like you said the focus is strictly on how you look it's the end result which for some people isn't even a reasonable result to attain because like you said different factors like your genetics your age things like that how much time you actually have available to, to work out or anything else, right? But it's not necessarily a realistic expectation for everybody. But if that's what you think you have to get to, instead of us focusing on the behaviors that are actually healthy, we, if we're focused just on that body type, we do things that are actually unhealthy. And although our bodies might look better, we're actually harming our health in the long run. Yeah. Exactly that, yeah. And it's we could get into that debate of what looking better means, because again, looking better is attuned to that sociological ideal that if we look at the history of humankind, we can see that those things have shifted as the years and shifted. And we've got this lean ideal for men and this sort of thin ideal for women. And even now, you can see that I think in the in in today's age, that's beginning to shift again for younger generations. Like it's not as not bleak but it's not as like extreme as it was for say like i grew up in the 90s for example and so i remember a lot of messaging around women being called fat and that, that was a bad thing for people like britney spears and, and people in like sex in the city and things like that who were like no way fat at all and i think that's that and as you said quite rightly Stephen, if you over obsess on that number on the scale you actually get drawn into behaviors that become very unhealthy because you're thinking of the body shape or the body weight by any means necessary. And unfortunately, that's the thing is that two people can do the same thing, eating and, and exercising and get different results. Not to mention the people who are, are already of a lifestyle where they're very active, they're going to be able to eat a very different level of food and types of food than people who are less active and that just be a consequence of their work, right? And we can't just say to everyone, you know, give up your jobs and become personal trainers because we yep. wouldn't have a society if everybody was just active personal trainers. Yes, that is, that is true. I mean, it would be a great society in terms of us all exercising <laughs> and stuff like that, but that'd be about the only benefit that came out of it. There would be a lot of negatives too, unfortunately. Yeah, we'd all just be on the gym floor and nothing else would get done. Like that, that's the whole world would just be a big gem. That would be it. That's that's all we would have. And yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, it's interesting to me because when I was actually in a store a couple of months ago, I, I picked up on something for women. This movement of like positive body image is very much in vogue right now. There was literally pictures of women of all different sizes all over the, the stores. So as you're walking by the women's department, pictures of larger bodies, smaller bodies, in-between bodies, everything, right? But you go over to the men's section, 
And every single picture of a guy with the outfit on or whatever is a skinny guy or a muscular guy. There are no pictures of chubby guys in, in, in stores. Why do you think it is that for women, this messaging has been so powerful and changing in the marketing, yet for men, it's still been so largely ignored? That's a great question. And I'm not sure I could completely answer that for you. I think maybe it's, I think it's maybe the amount of men that do talk about it and kick back at it probably isn't enough and it isn't as widespread a message i think with men because there's a generalized lack of compassion anyway both for the self and for your mates and a, and a generalized i think there's a lot more anti-fat bias inside of men than there is within women when i talk to lads about this kind of topic and about people who are bigger are clearly just eating more exercising less they just need to try harder do more work there's a lot more personal responsibility narrative, I think, within blokes. Yeah. And, so, and, and, a, and a lot more as well of really all of the marketing, just like it was for women for a lot of times, is that this idea of if you're bigger, then you should shift that and hey, move away from the dad bod or whatever and get lean, get ripped and be this role model for your kids because that's like the way it's positioned. So I think we're just slower to catch up to that idea of there generally being uh, variety in body shapes and sizes and and there are more men coming out about that and more like bigger lads who are models and things but as as you alluded to you wouldn't really see that in a high street shop you'd probably see more of that if you were shopping at a specific store or an online store that was for like bigger men yeah yeah if it, if it was like a big and tall specific kind of thing yeah yeah like i think it's giacomo in the uk and i know that there's like different ones in the u.s yeah, I, I think you're 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 onto something there though. And I think a lot of that honestly goes into other issues that we have as men in terms of the messaging the society's given us because we have been for the most part taught that as men we're we're not supposed to ask for help. The asking for help is a sign of weakness. We're supposed to do things on our own. You're supposed to power through, you're supposed to have willpower and all these messages that kind of paint this idea of masculinity as just being tough as nails and being able to push through anything. And that kind of messaging, I think, does tie back into this idea that people get of if you're not in the shape that I think you're supposed to be in, it must be because you're lazy. It must be because you're not disciplined. You're, you just need to buckle down and man up. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And also that just like complete disregard for what someone might say about their own habits, right? Oh no, like I, I eat quite well, I exercise a lot, you know, or I exercise regularly and, and people just disbelieving that because of the, the size they are or the shape they're in. And I think yeah. that's what's really damaging, particularly because, as I've said at the at quite early on, because two people will respond differently to the same stimulus, if you've then got a bigger person who actually has a healthy relationship with food and exercise, they, they eat mostly nutrient-dense foods, they occasionally eat out and they occasionally have pizza or a burger or, or a pastry or, or what have you and they exercise, let's say, three times a week and they still go on walks and do things with their family. Like you and I would say to each other, that sounds good, that sounds like the balance that we'd all aim for, but if they were bigger, they'd be like, well, no, you need to work harder. 
And I think that's the damaging message of, well, just do more for now. Do more, do five sessions a week, do 15,000 steps a day. Let's let let's rein in those calories, man. Let's try fasting. Get you down to where you want to be. And then we can think about maintenance. And I think that's the, that, that can be a damaging recipe because then actually finding that maintenance becomes very difficult because if maintenance were those habits they were doing before, what's to stop that kind of slow regain back? And then you get stuck in that kind of like oscillation between normal life and a restrictive approach to try and get down to this magical weight target, right? Yeah. I think something that you just touched on here that is such a important topic to bring up. For a lot of people, this idea of, of being a certain size is a negative. And the reality is there are some negative aspects of being bigger, being overweight. And primarily we're talking about increased risk of, of disease, like heart disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, things that are preventable and things that we obviously should not aspire to have. Right? These are things that ideally we don't want to have. So how do we find that balance between this idea of we want to have healthy bodies, but healthy isn't necessarily what we've been taught, right? Healthy is not necessarily about being super skinny or being super shredded because I know guys who are super shredded or super skinny and their cholesterol numbers are off the, off the boards or they've had a heart attack because their arteries are clogged. Because yeah. they just have really great genetics, so they look great, but their diet is crap, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, how do we find that balance between, okay, we don't necessarily need to say everyone needs to look this way, but let's yeah. also not just celebrate saying, yeah, just let yourself go. Like, how do we yeah. find that balance? Yeah, it's a good question, Stephen. I think, again, I think that we've got to release that connotation of just because somebody's bigger than us, that must mean they've let themselves go. And I get you're saying that because, and, and I know that you're aware of that, but that's, it's like reiterating that to people listening. That doesn't always mean the case. And as you said, there'll be people who are slimmer and or shredded who have mostly junk food diets, don't exercise. And so actually their lifestyles aren't healthy either. And we do have this research now that because I'm, I'm somebody who's, who's very against the, the use of the BMI really because it's the way that it was like formed and classified and used but the the research that we have with regards to mortality rates at certain BMIs when they are correlated with lifestyle habits showcases that even people who are in that kind of 30 35 plus BMI category have a, a as low risk of mortality as people in lower BMI categories as long as they are exercising frequently and the frequency was like 150 minutes a week i think eating five or more fruits and veggies a day not smoking drinking in moderation so if you've got four or more lifestyle habits that are conducive with a healthy lifestyle then your risk of mortality does get reduced even at a higher bmi and this is what researchers are now terming like medically medically healthy obesity or metabolically healthy obesity and like you said, if we're looking at health, it's looking at things like those blood markers, like blood sugars, cholesterol, VO2 max, your CV health are, are things that can be worked upon no matter your size or shape, right? People can lift weights, they can do cardiovascular training, and they can have a nutritious diet. So it's focusing on those things rather than the objective metric of the body weight or the body shape. One thing is you and I both are health coaches and... 
I think something we see in our industry that I find to be very problematic is when we go out and we start having messaging with people, what we find a lot of times is it can be very difficult to promote your services when you start talking to people about building healthy habits and, you know, just living a healthier lifestyle and everything because this messaging around you have to have a certain body type is so strong. And when a lot of coaches struggle to market their services, what do they do? They go back to, oh, I'm going to help you lose X amount of fat in X number of days. And like you alluded to earlier, this idea of, hey, let's get you where you need to be and then we can maintain. Right. So I, I just wanted to point that out because I think a lot of times, and, and this is very unfortunate, that people in our industry are feeding into this problem and they're feeding into it out of from a place of fear, right? It's the, hey, business isn't going great. I need to get some sales. And so I go easy thing, right? I go with the thing I know people want to hear. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, what has been your experience with that? Yeah, it's a good question again. And I agree with you that I see that now and equally like you, it's saddening to see that there are those pushes for those results, particularly quick results, both in terms of advertising as well as just general social media posts that I see a lot of my social media feed is away from that kind of thing now. Like interestingly, becoming a dad very recently and being in my mid thirties, like I have noticed my adverts shift. <laughs> like I'm getting a lot of male personal traitors in my feed promising to get me lean. Like I even saw one this morning that was uh, a 14 day challenge that was like called lean in 14. Then we're 14 day small priced challenge promising me a certain amount of weight loss in the kind of two week period. And yeah, it's everywhere. And I think it, it pulls towards people's instant gratification as well. And pulls since people when they are vulnerable, when they might be feeling like I've just had a kid. So last, last for the last three months of my life have been quite chaotic in terms of my sort of exercise and, and food because of where I'm living at the minute. But particularly the last few weeks with a week in the hospital and the two weeks of a newborn and things like it's a vulnerable time to get that marketing. Yeah. But in terms of seeking for business and this idea of everybody wants fat loss, so surely that must be what I need to do. I, as I was pivoting, that did concern me a little bit because I'd built up a reputation as somebody who helped people lose fat and showcase before and afters and did all those things. But then when I realized that, you know, a lot of the pain that I'd been suffering with regards to my body dysmorphia, with regards to my disordered eating, with regards to the habits, that there were loads of other people that struggled with those things too, you know, and, and talking more more about that in my posts and being quite authentic about it really led a lot of people to say, hey, I want to work on my fitness without those things being a struggle for me. I'm sick of having to stick out every calorie under the sun. Like I'm sick of weighing myself every day and having that dictate my mood as well as my eating for that day. I want to, I want to be a role model for my kids and and be strong and be fit. I want to be, I want to be those things rather than be focusing on like the lean ideal that's made me this like obsessive, angry, moody person. And so it is it if if you're listening to this and you're resonating with it as a fitness coach. It's just knowing that people, people do want those results. Like I do, I have a business, right? And I, I have plenty of clients who, who work with me on their fitness and their eating in a non-diet way. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I will just to play uh, devil's advocate here for a second, say that there are some people out there that's generally what they want, right? Oh, they, yeah. They want to lose a bunch of fat. They want to look a certain way, and it's an internal thing for them, right? They're not just doing it because they think that's how they're supposed to look. It's how they actually want to look. And yeah. my thing is, look, I, I'm not saying that you can't market to those people. I'm not saying that you can't appeal to them. I, I think where my problem comes in with a lot of the marketing that I see is one thing to appeal to people that have already decided that's what they want. And you are emphasizing to them the joy that they're going to get out of it versus what I see a lot of times is we find the pain points of people who are overweight and we just hammer, hammer, right? It's here, feel even worse about yourself than you already do. Yeah, like twisting the knife already of like and low feelings of worth, self-esteem. Oftentimes people who are bigger as well will have chaotic eating habits as a result as well of attempted dieting a lot of the time, right? It's not like people who are bigger will have never tried it. And so I agree with you there, Stephen, that there's nothing wrong with marketing. Hey, let's get you completely shredded. And if you're... I think that comes if you're like a bodybuilding coach, right? If you're a bodybuilding coach or a physique coach and you're like, I get people shredded and that's what we do, right? Let's get you on stage or let's do a transmission. And hey, look, I, I really appreciate it. I've got a friend who's a bodybuilding coach who walks around. He walks around like much, much leaner than I walk around. But obviously he's been doing this now for years and years. He does have a very active job and trains twice a day and stuff. But he gets a lot leaner for shows and even says these are unsustainable things. We're yeah. doing it to, to achieve something. And then after that, it's we're going to focus on what's like sustainable for you. And I think when it's done that way, it's not pulling on pain points and it's much more ethical marketing. Yeah. And I'm pointing some of this stuff out for anybody who's listening right now. It's not that I'm trying to beat up on other coaches or anything like that. It's I just want for people to be able to see this is the messaging that you're getting and why you're getting it. And it's just because that message is out there, just because someone is hammering you with these ideas doesn't mean that what they're telling you is right. That it doesn't mean that's the only way to do things. Like you mentioned earlier for you, like you're starting to see all these ads now. And maybe the ads were there before and you just ignored them. You now having this situation where sleep is obviously being impacted. I'm sure that's affecting the energy levels. You're not feeling as good about yourself. Maybe when you do get into the gym to work out, maybe your workouts aren't as good right now. And those are all completely understandable things, but it can be easy to fall back into that trap of I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing more. I'm not doing what I was doing before, holding yourself to a previous standard. And then when somebody comes along and starts talking about, hey, do you feel like crap? Do you hate what you in the mirror? You're like, you know what, right now I do. And it's like you said, it's a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I definitely need high level accountability and like someone to whip me into shape and, and tell me to follow these calories or exercise every day like i need that kick up the ass is, is often what you think yeah and, and you're right we're not trying to lay down on any coaches at all like i've I've definitely gone through my own journey where i was a, a fat loss coach for a long time and and the pivot toward being more weight neutral as i am now was a long pivot like it involved a lot of research on my end it involved a lot of reading on my end it involved a lot of making peace with where correlations and associations lie and, and what side of that coin I wanted to sit on. And at the end of the day, I'm focused on helping a client with their version of health, 
and help a client with their version of, of their best, their healthiest, fittest, confidence, self, however that looks, while also helping them be realistic with, with the targets they set and also genuinely find out what it is that they want rather than what they think they want because, as you said, because of the marketing that they see or the messages they hear. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with clients just probably two, three months back and we're talking and I say, what is it that you really want? And he's like, I need to get below 200 pounds and whatever. And he wasn't trying to get six pack abs or anything like that. He just was like, I just need to get below 200 pounds. And so I started talking to him about like, why? And he's sharing with me about how he's going to have more energy and he's going to be able to lay with his kids and he's going to be able to have more confidence and that he thinks that his wife will find him more attractive and all these different things. And I asked him, do you think that you need to wait until you're under 200 pounds to experience those things? And he really wasn't ready for that question. At first, he's, I think I will have those things when I get there. I'm like, but can you start to have those things before mm-hmm. you get there? And he was like, yeah, I could. And, and, and I think that's the message I really want people to start to get here, right? It's not about looking a certain way. It's about your behaviors. And here's the reality. For most of us, if we just start doing the right behaviors weight loss is just a side effect of it right it's just it just is something that happens that doesn't mean you're going to get shredded doesn't mean that you're going to be in good enough shape to go to the casting for the next big marvel movie or anything like that but you can be healthy just by changing your behaviors regardless of what the scale is and and i really think that's the overarching idea of what we talked about today yeah 100 percent. i love that conversation you had with your client and you start having those things now can you start acting like that now where you you have that conversation with people of what are you holding what are you holding back on what are you waiting for what are you waiting for this like new body to give you permission to do that you're not doing now and what if you started doing those things now you and i went through the same coaching certification right in terms of what people's highest priorities what are people's values how can they start living toward those things and pairing health and fitness with those highest priorities and and it's great when you have those conversations with clients because then you start talking to them about exercise and fitness and health and being like yeah i want to play with my kids i want to go hiking with my kids i want to go swimming with my kids bike riding and it's there's your fitness like why are you in the gym crushing three sets of 10 bicep curls just because you think that the curls get the girls like your wife loves you already if you embody a confident, attractive man, like that's going to make more of a change than a one inch bigger bicep's going to do. Yeah. And particularly if you pair that with being this like active father that you want to be. So I really love that point. Yeah. It's funny you bring up the curls because I can't remember who it was that posted this, but I remember somebody made this post about men think that women are attracted to bigger biceps, but women are actually attracted to confidence. And most men are more confident when they have bigger biceps. So I guess indirectly they're right that women love big biceps. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a thing of the bravado that again, I think this is another reason why men can struggle with a body image messaging is that like a lot of the times our confidence can be tied into our body image and teasing those things apart can be quite difficult to do. And what I'd say about 
that as well as the oftentimes acceptance of where your body is now men think if i accept my body now why would i ever be driven to change it and you mentioned before we don't want to just let ourselves go for want of a better word but the point is that actually if you accept your body as it is and you want to do these healthy behaviors for the internal motivation of doing those behaviors any change of that as a byproduct is just potentially a bonus depending on the way you want to see it and we actually take care of the things that we like better than we do the things we dislike so people always say if i like my body i'll just not do anything and i say actually you'll take care of it better because it's about developing these self-care behaviors from a place of like compassion and body appreciation rather than body hatred yeah yeah because i think one thing people do miss out on is this idea that what we're doing is we're hating our bodies yeah when you look in the mirror and you say i need to lose my gut or i need bigger arms or whatever what you're really saying is i don't like what i have now and it's okay to want change it's okay to want something to be different than what it is but where does that come from is that coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of hate and i think most of us it comes from a place of hate yeah i'd agree with you and you then got to say how's that working for you like how how's that serving you are you stuck in that chaotic yo-yo diet cycle really to call a spade a spade where you're either on it for a short period of time and you lose a bunch of weight and then you're off of it and you're eating pizza and donuts and drinking loads of beer and gaining weight yeah and there's no in between like you you hate your body when you're leaner you hate your body when you're fatter if you're stuck in that cycle you're clearly coming at this from a place of body hatred rather than appreciation and if that's not working for you then hey what a client said to me a client said this to me the other day they were like what have i got to lose like the last however many years of doing this hasn't worked for me they were like let's, let's try it your way i've literally got nothing to lose and i was like it's true got nothing to lose and everything to gain you're like you actually have a whole lot to lose let's see we could start with negative self-image <laughs> yeah negative self-talk negative self-image let's get those things in the bin yeah we, we can get rid of some of that right so we can lose that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, uh, reframe what we're getting rid of here. It's actually very interesting. Um, years ago, when I trained people in person, at that time, I wasn't just focused just on men. I was actually training everybody. And I remember I had this one client, female. She was, according to BMI and stuff like that, extremely overweight. And she came in and I was already starting to develop this philosophy anyways. It's about your behaviors. It's about changing that stuff rather than the result on the scale. And so one of the things we actually did, and and I'm only bringing this up because I think this is something that can really help a lot of guys out there that might be struggling with this concept, is I said, when you come into the gym, we don't focus on weight loss. We focus on weight gain. Because what we're worried about is you be able to put more weight on the bar versus what the scale says, right? So we're, we're trying to gain weight in here. We're getting our weight up in here, not down. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And he's positioning it then much more to the ability in the gym than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it goes back to this idea of like, what are the behaviors that you want to do? I think that's something that 
a lot of guys might be thinking, okay, if I'm not focused on fat loss, which is something I've always focused on, or if I'm not focused on just trying to get bigger muscles because I think that's what I need, then what am I focused on? You're focused on the behaviors that get you those things, but you're focused on them from the standpoint of those are the things you want to do. You're not doing them because you want to gain muscle. You're not doing them because you want to burn fat. You're doing them because those are the activities that you want to do. Yeah. They're going to make you healthy. Yeah. And then and you've got to then come from that, from an internally motivated place, right? What's the motivation to be healthy, to be fit? What do those things mean to you? And what does that look like realistically? And then you have the destination postcard, right? That you can then draw a roadmap to in terms of these are the behaviors that I want to be doing. You can then start from a much more sustainable place and know those can build over time, right? You don't need to rock out topic habits or whatever and, and do all of these like really detailed things to try and build these habits and try to hack your life. You don't, you bio, you don't need to biohack a thing. It's just like, I want to do these things. Mm-hmm. How, can I start, how can I start small and start building them into my life and then know that they'll grow as grow naturally as they become more and more normal to me yeah yeah and to me i think a lot of it we have to put on ourselves as health coaches right we have to educate people on the benefits of things outside of lose weight get bigger mm-hmm. right. we, we have to do a better job of that as an industry so for example when we start talking about strength training if I were to go and just randomly pick out a hundred guys and ask them, what are the reasons why you should do strength training? I would venture to guess that a very small percentage of them would answer anything other than lose weight or put on muscle. Yeah. Yet you and I both know there are a lot of different benefits to adding strength training to your routine outside of gaining muscle or burning fat. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ashamed that's not more well-known particularly for for blokes who are in their 30s and 40s right the 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 delay in osteoporosis and sarcopenia the improvement in bone density the improvement in anabolic maintenance anyway right it's it's just so many benefits to that in terms of a healthy functional lifestyle and one that you'll be reaping the rewards from in years to come particularly when you get older and your mates who haven't lifted start to really struggle just with day-to-day function. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so weird for me because I'm I'm actually 45 now. And right. I have friends who are in their 30s that they're they'll, uh, like, when you get out of bed in the morning and such and such hurts, I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. I don't know what you mean. I can't relate. And that, that's because I, I've been consistently exercising for the last almost 15 years now. I, cause I, I didn't even actually start until I was like 32, 33. Right. I didn't even start my process until then. So th- there's also that, guys, if you're out there going, oh, it's too late. No, it's not. Not too late. No. So, Johnny, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was you, you posted about how you were going through this transformation, right? You you were transitioning from this guy that was overly obsessive about your body to someone that kind of pulled back on the reins a little bit and said, you know what? I, I need to enjoy life a little bit more. And yeah. and with that, maybe came a couple extra pounds, right? And, and you said that you started having people go, hey, man, what's going on with you? Did you stop working out? What's, what's, what's going on? 
what was that process like for you internally? I, and the reason I'm asking you this, just so you, you maybe know how to context the answer here is, I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe have that fear of letting go. Yeah. With, with of, of some of their obsessive behavior. So I, I just want you to be able to speak to that person who has those concerns right now. Yeah. It's a great question. Because as somebody who had always been really lean to fight back against any negative comments about his body, right? Like it was all fueled from that upbringing of being teased about my weight and, and having that affect my confidence and having it be this whole thing of my fault. As I started to gain weight, I remember a big part of it for me was to not actually know like how much I weighed. If you ask me now, like I, I couldn't tell you. Like last time I got weighed was a health screening and I remember doing that health screening and that health screening was earlier this year and I think I remember seeing the weight as well and I was like probably where I thought it was like when you've worked with this many people and known your own body for a long time you'll guess and, and it is hard it's difficult and it's scary there's a definitive fear of weight gain and the only thing that you can do to get over that is to go through it right like it's like having a fear of spiders or a fear of wasps like you can you can be logical about it all you want right you can read all of these things about how to get over the fear of spiders or get over the fear of wasps and you can do all of this thought reframing and things as much as you want but you you have to either be in a room with a spider for a long period of time and then gradually probably work up to touching a spider maybe you probably could just go to i need to be in a room with a spider and not freak out for long enough right and with weight gain, you need to go through that process of there are certain behaviors that you are afraid of because you connect them with weight gain. You connect letting go of your food rules with weight gain. You let you probably associate certain foods with being fattening foods in and of themselves. You associate releasing your workout schedule to gaining weight. And it's until you start engaging those behaviors and then accepting the consequence of not dying, right? And so you're going to be able to overcome that. And when you work on your body image and you work on your acceptance of yourself, I had to know what my limit was, I think, in terms of my behaviors. Yeah. Know that if people ask me certain questions about my shape and size and my weight and everything, I, I was comfortable with giving them an because it's one of those where as a health coach, I want to still be walking the walk, right? As we talked earlier, I still want to be doing those healthy behaviors because if I'm not, then I'm just a hypocrite. Yeah. But because I still do all of those things, and okay, it's very different to how it used to be, yeah. I can assuage myself because where I used to be was like pro-athlete levels, training and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm at a place where my training and nutrition is better than I'd say 90, 95% of the population. Yeah. I'm a bigger guy. And it's had to get to the point where like yeah okay i've got more body fat than i used to yeah i'm in a period of my life right now where things are much more chaotic than they used to be yeah i'm still a very active person and i'm still a very healthy person it's why i get health screens and for me then it was working on all of those things so it's people who are worried about it's getting through that fear by engaging in the behaviors that you think are the scariest mm -hmm. and knowing what you're i think if you think you're into a place where you're obsessive and that's having a, a negative effect on your mental health and other aspects, 
mm-hmm. it's thinking what is this balance for you right i've i've found a good balance for me in terms of my food and my fitness might be a bit skewed at the moment just because of lifestyle changes but i'm educated enough to know that your life is very seasonal mm-hmm. like the season that i'm in right now won't last forever and there'll yeah. be a season when i'm back to the routine i was pre moving into the house i'm in now and where my baby will be older and things will be a bit more settled right yeah yeah and i think something you just mentioned there that's so important is this idea that we have these different seasons right and i talk about and i know you're familiar with this concept of the dial where if we just imagine that there's 10 different levels of whatever it is that we're trying to focus on whether it's exercise nutrition whatever right and the idea is that there is no off knob, right? It's just there's level one, which is, okay, when things are absolutely crazy, I can at least still do this. And maybe that's I'm going to do five push-ups or maybe it's I'm going to eat a serving, at least one serving of veggies today or, or whatever, right? It's what is the simple thing you can do all the way up to like level 10, like life is absolutely a breeze right now and I can max out my effort. And the reality is that most of us are rarely ever going to be at a 10. Hmm. And we're rarely ever going to be at a 1. We're going to probably live somewhere between 4 and 7. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the dial concept for that exact reason, Stephen. It's a really good thing to add to that part of that conversation. I think for a lot of people, one other thing that I want to touch on here is... We, you mentioned that people have these fears around letting things go because there is this fear of if I do that, I'm going to gain weight. If I do that, my health is going to decline, right? Yeah. But at the same time, most of those people are probably already engaging in things like strict dieting, like we talked about the bulking cutting thing earlier, or things like New Year's resolutions. Things that are not going to be sustainable or they're trying to do like the 30-day diet shred or whatever, 14-day lean thing like you are talking about earlier. Those things also are going to have the exact same impact on you. So how do we start helping people to see that correlation? Or did I just do it to help them see it? Yeah, exactly. Just know that every time you see something that has that kind of language attached to it, that it's just, it's the same thing just wrapped up in a different packaging. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts that you want to be able to share with people here? So if there's just one or two things that you could have somebody walk away with today, what would they be? There would be that life is too short to obsess over being as lean as possible. And that if that pursuit is leading you to a place that is actually very unhealthy in terms of your mental health and the practices that you're going through, incredible obsession and discipline that actually has a negative effect on a lot of things you've got to ask yourself whether that really is the definition of health and whether you really can see yourself doing that for the long term yeah because it's not and you need to think about what your minimum effective dose is and start working more towards that Let's take that that last one one step further. What would be some of the warning signs that somebody might be looking for to know that this mentality is having a negative impact on their mental health? 
I'd say if you become so anxious about your food and weight on a daily basis, right? Like that, they're, they're things that you can never stop thinking about, and that thoughts about food and exercise take up you know, 60, 70, 80, 90% of your thinking space or more. And you're waking up every day, you're treading, ste- stepping on the scale, stepping on the scale dictates your mood for that day. Thoughts about food are just revolving around how many calories are in it, whether or not it's worth it, whether or not that you can burn it off with some extra exercise or whether you should go to that social event or whether you should have lunch with your wife or whether you need to start cooking your own food again or, oh crap, I had a couple of the kids after school cookies. That's when it's like, those are warning signs, right? That's when you're getting into that disordered level territory where it's so obsessive and anxiety inducing rather than just a helping behavior that you feel good doing on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I, I love that list. And, and I'll just even maybe add a couple here of one way you might know that you're overdoing things or, or that you're getting a little too obsessed with things is listening to your body. If you feel like you're not recovering well, you're sore all the time, you, you're not, your energy levels aren't what they need to be. Maybe you're quick to get angry with your spouse or your kids and, and yell at them. The, those are all things that are telling you like, hey, you are you need to dial back. You're doing too much right now. 100%. So Johnny, if someone wants to be able to reach out with you further this conversation or they want to work with you uh, for coaching, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Best place without a shadow of a doubt is Instagram. It's my main platform. I do have a podcast if people want to listen more to me, but they, I'm mostly speaking with other people just like you are. So the podcast is called Beyond the Mirror. But if they want to check me out, then Instagram is the best place, right? And Instagram is just my name. And my name is Johnny without an H. So it's J-O-N-N-Y. And my name, Landles, although rhyming with candles, is spelled L-A-N-D-E-L-S. So it's an E-L-S rather than L-E-S. So those would be the two best places. Okay. And, And with that, guys, I just want to remind you, as always, that while none of us are born unshakable, we can all become unshakable. Thank you for listening to the Unshakable Habits Podcast with Coach Stephen Box. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and help us spread the word by sharing the podcast with other men. If you're ready to create unshakable habits, you can learn more and connect with us at unshakablehabits.com.